What's up, Rams fans? This is Rams Showcase. My name is Sheriff Joe Bags. On this episode of Rams Showcase, the Rams fall in the second battle of LA, up to 11 losses on the year. Plus, new Rams facilities are on the way. And later, the Rams' final game of the 2022 NFL season. We preview Rams at Seahawks. Before we get started, did want to let you know that Rams Showcase does officially have t-shirts. Instructions on how to order will be in the description below, no matter where you can hear or see me. Uh, we'll also talk about it here in a little bit. If you are watching me on YouTube, well, great news. There's an audio-only version. You can find it wherever you find your other favorite podcasts. If you are hearing me only, well, great news. There's a YouTube channel. You can watch me talk about the LA Rams. Also, before we uh, officially get into the action, did want to let you know, um, with this being the final game preview of the season, I am going to be putting out an episode uh, that kind of does a season in review. We'll do awards and all that stuff again as well. Um, and then uh, there will be a little bit of a gap uh, between some episodes. We'll kind of come in here and there sporadically. But I also do want to restructure the way that I do game previews for next season. So uh, there will be, again, some new changes to uh, Ram Showcase as we continue to evolve uh, here on uh, Ram Showcase. So let's go ahead and get started. The Rams do fall to the Chargers uh, by a score of 31 to 10. And I'll be completely honest here. Totally open it up here. I have no idea what the Rams game plan was. I don't know what on defense the Rams were trying to take away from the Chargers and on offense. I'm not sure exactly where the Rams were really trying to attack. It seemed like every time on offense, the Rams really got the run game going with Cam Akers. Then we'd go away from it and try to hit a lot of passes. Uh, and then on defense, like I said, I just don't know exactly what the Rams were trying to take away. It clearly wasn't Austin Eckler, which I felt like should have been the main focus. But also, I wasn't in any of those meeting rooms. I'm not sure exactly what those discussions were. And then you also have things like Mike Williams just making absolutely absurd catches. And that's something that's kind of hard to defend, especially when you know that you're going to have Jalen Ramsey on a guy like Keenan Allen. Uh, having Troy Hill on a guy like Mike Williams is a bit of a, of, a, of a mismatch. And also, on top of that, he's making these absurd plays. So that, I guess, uh, there, there's a little bit there of, of saying, like, well, what, what, what can you do in that situation? We're dealing with a playoff team, in a, and we are a team in ourselves that has been extremely beat up. Troy Hill versus Mike Williams, like I said, that's just a mismatch, so it's unfortunate there. But again, Austin Eckler, I felt like the Rams were in a position to defend him at least decently, and it's just not what we saw. Austin Eckler becomes the first 100-plus uh, rusher against the Rams defense this season by putting up 122, also scoring his two touchdowns. He is the league leader in touchdowns, a very good player. We talked about it last week. Uh, he was kind of public enemy number one is what I was stating, and it just didn't really feel like the Rams... Uh, Really did what they could to take him away, I would say. Um, I, it was it was one of those situations where going into the Bronco game, I had mentioned that like I felt like the Rams defense, uh, the, that defense was perfect for that offense. But our, our offense was, or excuse me, our defense and our typical game plan of being soft covered, stuff like that is not something that you want to do against a team like the Chargers because they just have the weapons and the coaching and the abilities and the players to uh, to get around that. So we'll also talk about that against the Seahawks because that is exactly what they did to us in the first matchup against this team in week 13. So hopefully we can see a completely different game plan uh, on the defensive side uh, that we see this weekend as opposed to what we've seen, well, really this entire season. Somebody's lighting off fireworks. I don't know what that's all about, but I don't know if you heard that or not. But hey, happy new year, right? Um, so like I said uh, last week, though, they, they're like the also another comment that I made last week was the Broncos in their effort level. And I don't want to say that any of these Rams players have given up or anything like that. 
But I will say that uh, there was only, in my opinion, a few players who really looked like they wanted to win this game. Everybody else kind of just felt like they were existing in the game. Uh, and and there's, it was too many of those players that, that I saw that uh, happening from. So a guy like Cam Akers, though, he felt like he was in it. He was um, he was really trying to win this game. He was doing everything that he could uh, to to wheel the Rams to a win. And it just wasn't enough. Obviously, a 21 point win to our uh, in city rivals, uh, the uh, L.A. Chargers, who uh, do play at our home stadium. Of course, that was a road game for the Rams officially at SoFi Stadium. So that was kind of weird to see all that, all that other, <laughs> all like the powder blue around uh, SoFi. That was kind of just weird, I guess, whatever. I mean, the only, my, my biggest gripe with uh, the Chargers playing at SoFi is that we can't keep our banners up all the time. That is my biggest gripe about it is that we can only have those during our games. So, oh, well, all right. Up to 11 uh, losses on the season though, five and 11 for uh, the LA Rams. That is the most losses by a Super Bowl champion. Um, I, I want to say ever. Is that what the, the, the stat was? I'm not sure. Either way, it's not good. I know that <laughs> it's, it's not good. Uh, all right, moving on. Stan Kroenke, he does purchase the lot that we've actually discussed it here before. Uh, so it's uh, called The Village. It's The Village Mall in the San Fernando Valley. Uh, this move definitely was expected. Like I said, we had talked about this plenty of times before, but it finally gets executed as Unibail Ro- Ro- Rodomco Westfield, which is a Paris-based company. And uh, it just, you know, rolls off the tongue. It's real smooth. Um, they are continuing to pull out of the U.S. as they um, uh, they have they've owned a lot of retail space in the U.S. and are slowly getting rid of that. They're unloading that and uh, simply will just not be participating in the U.S. anymore. I'm assuming that it has something to do with taxes, but obviously I have no idea. That's simply just a guess. Um, but this is the largest commercial sale in the Los Angeles area in the last year. So Stan Kroenke, um, obviously he likes to go big. We already know that uh, we literally play in SoFi Stadium, so we kind of know that. Already. Uh, also, the expectation is that this will be the location for the next Rams headquarters. So that's pretty sweet stuff there, actually. And uh, there's potential that uh, the training facilities are there, whether that's a field, weight rooms, anything like that. Um, but also, it uh, it sounds like there's uh, a goal of Stan Kroenke is to also keep some of the the retail space that's in the area. Uh, so it could be another sweet spot for uh, like Rams training camp. I know a lot of uh, a lot of people like to go to that Rams training camp could also be there. There could be restaurants and shops on site, which would be pretty sweet stuff like an extra equipment room. I would I would hope so. Uh, so you could buy like team merch and stuff like that. And then also restaurants in the area. So that's kind of what it sounds like uh, what is on the way. But of course, uh, some development uh, will be on the way as far as that goes. I would assume that we'll hear some kind of plan with this, by the way. Sometime this offseason, at least a, a plan of what we could expect uh, from this new uh, purchase that uh, Stan Kroenke has as well. Um, so that's about it on that, actually. Uh, so, yeah, we're getting a new uh, HQ for the L.A. Rams, which is pretty exciting stuff. I think the current facilities are fine. I've never been there, but they look fine. They look totally acceptable. But I will say also that from the Rams, like you, we would expect it maybe look a little nicer and that's not supposed to be a shot at anything, but it just, I don't know, I guess in my brain with like SoFi and all that stuff that the, the training facilities you would look at and be like, holy crap, these are amazing. But I don't know if we really say that we're just like, yeah, that's where the Rams practice. That's cool. You know? All right, moving on. Wide receiver Torrey Holt. He is a Hall of Fame finalist. This is the fourth straight year that Holt has been a finalist. 
And uh, officially, I think we're on the train. I'm going to push it real hard that if Holt does not get into the Hall of Fame, we riot. All right. It is absolutely time for Holt to get in. And no disrespect to the rest of the class. But looking at the rest of that class, it's like going down the whole list. It's like, yeah, Holt should get in. Yeah, that's absolutely because there's been some classes. I want to say last year, maybe two years ago that there was a class and it was like, I, I really want Holt to get in. But how does it get in over some of these guys? Like some of these names are huge. So this year, though, looking at it, you're like, oh, yeah, he should be able to get in there. So uh, hopefully, hopefully we get that. And uh, Tory Holt can join the rest of the greatest show on turf because he really is like the last one that is notable enough to to actually get a Hall of Fame nod and uh, join the likes of Kurt Warner, Marshall Falk, Orlando Pace, Isaac Bruce. So that is uh, what we're looking forward to is uh, seeing the entire greatest show on turf uh, getting into the uh, the Hall of Fame. Also, I don't like the nickname Greatest Show on Surf. I think it's terrible. That's that's all. I don't have anything else on that. I just wanted to throw that in there. I think it's I think it's bad. <laughs> all right. So the Rams 2023 opponents are almost locked in and will be, of course, after this weekend as we're looking for same place finishers. So in uh, 2023, the Rams will host the same place finisher of the AFC South which will be the Colts uh, that is already locked in uh, just the way that those standings are sitting right now. The Rams are going to host the Colts. That's going to be our extra game. Uh, kind of how the um, uh, excuse me, actually, let me let me just confirm that because I don't want to I don't want to tell I don't want to lie to you. You know what I mean? So let me just confirm here that that is actually a home game because that might be on the road. Uh, so let's take a peek here. That is actually yeah, it's a, it's a road game. So we'll be playing in Indianapolis. And then also uh, the we'll be playing at the same place finisher for the NFC North, which is going to be uh, if because this is all under the assumption that the Rams are getting third place. I think that there's a way that the Rams could fall to fourth, but I just don't think that that happens because I think the Niners beat the Cardinals either way. Uh, so uh, this is all under the assumption that the Rams are getting third place in the uh, in the division, which might be locked in already. But I don't know all the tiebreakers yet. It's not that important, I guess, uh, unless we're looking at stuff like this, the schedule. But we're playing uh, at the same place finisher of the NFC North. So that should be the loser of the Sunday night game, whether that is the Lions or the Packers. If it is the Packers, that'd be pretty sweet to go back. I'll be honest. Um, that was such a sweet time. I don't know if I would care about going to Detroit. I don't know if there's like anything in particular about Detroit that I'm like, hell yeah. But uh, going back to Green Bay would be pretty sweet. Also, same place finisher of the NFC South. That is who the Rams will be hosting as well. So. Uh, in that one, uh, the NFC South is pretty wide open. I think there's three teams tied. I think that the the Panthers, the Saints, and the Falcons are all right in that window, and I think any of them can get third place. So that will be uh, who the Rams will be hosting. And then also, if you look at the AFC opponents, um, the AFC North is who the, the Rams play. Also, the NFC East is who the Rams play. So the Eagles and uh, the Commanders will be playing at SoFi Stadium. Uh, the Rams will also host the Browns and the Steelers. And then on the road, We'll be taking on the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants, as well as at the Baltimore Ravens and at the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's pretty cool stuff there. Um, and then we can also we, like there's always ways to look way ahead in uh, as far as the schedule goes. It's kind of unnecessary, um, especially when you look at the the same place finishers like we had no idea that potentially the Packers and the Rams could both be third place in their divisions. That's absolutely nuts. So actually wanted to throw this in real fast. I kind of I'll, I'll expand on this a little bit. Um, but you know what? No, we're not going to do that. We're just going to talk about it in the game preview. So we'll, we'll be talking about that coming up here. Um, here's soon. Actually, I plowed through my, uh, my news. That's pretty sweet stuff. All right. So 
Ram Showcase, we do have t-shirts, and I'll be honest, they're absolutely awesome. A great way to support the show, if that's what you're looking at doing. A sweet way to uh, kick off that New Year's resolution, which I know is to look as cool as possible. So Ram Showcase has you covered with these t-shirts, all right? 25 bucks a piece shipped. You emailed AJ directly. You let him know the, the, the color and style that you're looking for. We have Bone. We've got Royal. We've got Black in two different styles. One is based off of the Rams Super Bowl ring. Uh, so just reach out to him. You let him know your size and your address and all that stuff. And uh, he ships it off to you. 25 bucks. And again, if that's uh, if you are interested in supporting the show, that's the perfect way to do it uh, is to purchase a Ram Showcase T-shirt. And they look awesome. Just ask Jerry. All right. So we got one final game for the Rams season as uh, we head up to up the coast to take on the Seattle Seahawks. We got your full game preview next. Don't move. Welcome back into Ram Showcase. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. The Los Angeles Rams head up the West Coast to take on the Seattle Seahawks for their final game of the season. This game does kick off at 1.25 p.m. on Fox. We have Kevin Kugler and Mark Sanchez on the call. Laura Oakman, of course, on the sideline with that crew. The Seahawks in at 8-8, eight eight, a good even 500. And Rams, though, 5-11. This game's at Lumen Field. We do have a distribution map. This came out uh, very late uh, due to the circumstances that uh, kind of took place this week. Uh, but the Rams will be shown in the blue areas, a little bit larger area, I suppose, than I was maybe expecting considering uh, this game. But I guess also you see those little pockets where like in Green Bay and stuff like that makes total sense because obviously this game does impact them. So uh, and them being a night game, they can now enjoy their game uh, or the, the Rams game early on and see how important that game really does become. It is a playoff game for the Green Bay Packers as they have to win to get in. But whether the Rams win or lose depends on whether the Detroit Lions could make it or not. So, of course, this is it for the Rams. Uh, this is our final game. Uh, but also, how good would it feel to just make sure that Seattle cannot make the playoffs? You know what I mean? So, like, for from the Rams' perspective, we win this game and say, yeah, you're not going to the playoffs, Geno. You know, I think that's a pretty sweet thing to do already. Also, I know that there's a whole bunch of fans out there, a whole percentage of Rams fans that are essentially just Lions fans now um, because of Jared Goff, which is, I mean, that's cool. I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan. I think it's a little weird, but I mean, again, I'm not here to tell you how to fan. You know what I mean? I'm going to just always support the Rams, <laughs> whoever is here. Uh, the second they leave, it's like, okay, that's cool. There's certain guys I root for. So like that. I don't hate Jared Goff. I hope he does well, but like for me to be like, let's get to Jared to the playoffs. That's just not the vibe that I have. I, I don't really care that much. I'm not a Lions fan. That's uh, that's simply put, but uh, the Lions can make the playoffs with a win over the Packers and a Rams win over the Seahawks. So if the Rams can defeat the Seahawks, then that game, the night game is effectively a playoff game, which is really cool stuff. And I'll throw this in there for those people. I don't believe any of this, by the way, I don't believe that the league is rigged one bit. I think that's way too difficult to do. There's too many people on the field. It's too fast. It's too physical. It's too many different items to happen to actually create outcomes of games. I just don't think that that's a real thing. So I will say I say all that to say this is uh, for those people that believe that the NFL is rigged. I, I tried to like narrow it down to like, okay, what would be just the best story of the, the rest of this season? If the NFL was rigged, what is the best story to happen? So my best storyline that I could think of would be uh, the Rams win a nail biter in Seattle. And it's like Bobby Wagner gets like a last drive interception to end the game or something like that. And then the, the Green Bay Packers defeat the Detroit Lions. That game is a playoff game, but the Packers win against the Lions and then make the playoffs because you would think that the NFL would rather have uh, Green Bay in the playoffs than 
than Detroit, unless they wanted to do a little bit of a changing of the guard. Now, Jared Goff and MCDC and all that stuff, they're doing it out there. And then you get to the playoffs and you would you would assume that maybe um, that, that maybe the Bengals would play at the Bills and there would be like a big uh, a, a big thing for DeMar Hamlin, you know, whether that's uh, honoring him in person, he comes out or something like that, or just kind of uh, how whatever's appropriate for for the timing of that, however it ends up uh, un- unfolding. Uh, and so, uh, and then eventually the bills would go on to win the Super Bowl, right? Like that is, that is what the best storyline would be. If the NFL was rigged, you kind of think that that's exactly what we would maybe see, you know? So I don't know, uh, but I don't think that the NFL is rigged. I think that that's way too difficult, especially when you see like uh, a blocked field goal for a win, but it like went off of a, like one finger. You think that that would be planned? That would be so hard to plan out. I don't know. So either way, I don't think any of that's uh, real, but like I said, uh, this this game does have a, a pretty big playoff implications. I know those Detroit Lions and uh, and Green Bay Packers definitely going to be watching watching this game as well. But like the Packers, they don't need us to uh, to to win for them to like it. That doesn't really matter. They need to win to get in. It's really against the Lions and the Seahawks. Those are the two teams that are uh, really battling here and really hoping that they can get a little bit of help uh, from someone. Uh, they just need help them themselves. So. Uh, like I said, if the Rams win, that night game is effectively a playoff game, which is really cool. So what are we watching in this game for us, though? All right. We're still, this is still Rams showcase. And so what are we watching in this game for us? Um, we've seen two different Baker Mayfields in in a very limited time of Baker Mayfield being, you know, a quarterback of the L.A. Rams. And are we going to get a Christmas Day Baker or are we going to get a New Year's Day Baker? Because those are very different Bakers. 2022 Baker. That guy was awesome. So far, 2023 Baker, a little bit of a bummer. All right. So we need to fix that a little bit. But also, we've also seen a very on off thing with Baker. So, hey, if the if the rhythm remains, then we're going to have a pretty sweet day from Baker, which is good news. Uh, Also, does Cam continue absolutely rolling? You got to think that he will. Um, I don't see any reason why he would kind of slow up right now. Uh, He's taken a really, really good mindset into these last final games. And I think that he's really doing everything that he can to show that he is the guy that he he that we were sold that he he is. And there was a gap there earlier in the season that we don't really need to get into. But uh, there was a gap in there where it was like, maybe this guy doesn't care that much. Maybe something happened and we don't know. And I don't know if we'll ever know what actually happened between the team and Cam Akers. I would say right now that doesn't matter what happened because Cam's here now. He's absolutely busting his butt and. He's doing a good job. He's doing great. So uh, I I guess we'll just keep on rolling with Cam and hopefully uh, going into next year, we see uh, more of the same. Also, B-Wags, Bobby Wagner making his first trip up to Seattle. First time ever playing in Seattle. And will he just absolutely take over? He had an incredible game in uh, week 13 against the Seattle Seahawks, getting two sacks and that interception. The interception was unbelievable as well. So Uh, You would think that Bobby Wagner is going to be in this game. You know what I mean? Like he's going to be doing everything that he can for this one. And then obviously uh, Jalen and uh, does he end strong by shutting down uh, DK Metcalf? Because that that first game uh, there, there were some plays there where Jalen maybe. uh, Maybe made some mistakes. That's that's how I'll say that, because I think Jalen's incredible. I love Jalen Ramsey. So. Uh, he does have those plays, though. I mean, everybody does. Nobody's a perfect NFL player. That would be absolutely insane. So, um, yeah, Jalen Ramsey against DK. I think that that's a, that's a fun matchup to watch. That's always a fun matchup to watch. Though those guys get real chirpy and stuff, and then you get some. Uh, I feel like there's good trash talk happening, but we can never hear it. You just see like helmets kind of bobbing, like as you can tell, they're talking trash, which is really fun. I love that part. 
Uh, and then also potential last games as Rams. We could be watching these guys play their final games in the horns. And uh, let's kind of break it down a little bit. So Ashawn Robinson, Baker Mayfield, Troy Hill, Matt Gay, Riley Dixon, Brandon Powell, Matthew Orzek, uh, Taylor Rapp, Ty Insecki, John Wolford, Bryce Perkins, Traven Howard, Nick Scott, Greg Gaines, Michael Hoyt, David Edwards. Those are all of the names that I wanted to highlight, and they are hefty. That is a lot. So we'll go through these names briefly. All right. I didn't want to dig too much into this right now because we will cover this on a later show as we uh, move into the offseason. Uh, but I did want to mention, so Ashawn Robinson, I'm not sure if he's done enough to really return. Uh, Greg Gaines is also on this list. Um, I think that if you had to pick between the two, I think you go Greg Gaines. Uh, I like Ashawn Robinson, though. I don't have any like negative feelings towards Ashawn Robinson or anything. Um, but I think that if you're picking between those two, you go with Gaines. Baker Mayfield, I would love to see Baker Mayfield be the backup quarterback of this team next year. I just don't think that that happens. I think that he gets an offer from somebody else. I don't think that's whether or not the Rams want to keep him. It's not whether or not I want to keep him. It's definitely not <laughs> like any of us. You know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't matter if, if I want to keep him or you want to keep him. I just don't think it happens. It can. It's very possible. It might happen. We, he might be able to stick around, but there's too many teams that need a quarterback. And I think that he's showing enough to at least get a flyer. I don't know why in my brain he's he's going to the Titans. Uh, there's no, there's no one saying that there's nothing about that. I think that he goes to the Titans. I think that Brady goes to the Raiders. There's a lot of moving and shaking that I think happens. And I also had a dream that the Rams signed Lamar Jackson this off season. And then I like woke up and I was like, ha, that's awesome. That's crazy. What a crazy thought. And then I was like, wait a second though. <laughs> like that feels like a very Rams thing to do. It's also not impossible to get out of Matthew Stafford's contract. Maybe we could package him in for that also. I don't know. So I don't think that that's going to happen. That's not, I'm not throwing that as like a Joe Stradamus prediction or anything like that, but it was a dream that I had. And then I kind of thought about it. It was like, it's not actually impossible. <laughs> like It wouldn't absolutely blow my mind to see that happen. We'll keep moving here. Uh, Troy Hill. Um, I'll be honest, a little bit of a bummer of a season. I, I don't think he played as uh, to the expectations that I had of him, but also my expectations of, of Troy Hill are completely irrelevant. It's all about what the coaches uh, think and uh, what, what they believe he can do. I do think that he comes back though. Um, and then our, we got Matt Gay, Riley Dixon, Brandon Powell, and Matthew Orzek. If you're keeping track at home, that is our entire special teams unit. So I would like to see all of these guys back because they all did great. Matt Gay, incredible kicker. Riley Dixon, more than fine punter. I don't think he's bad by any means. He's had a few that you're like, ah, that could have gone further, but it happens. Brandon Powell, B Powell, Powell, uh, as I call him. I'm the only one that calls him that. I stand by it, though. Uh, he's an awesome returner, and I really like what he brings on offense as well. So I'd really like to see him back. And then Matthew Orzek, who we did not hear his name all year. And that's exactly what you want out of your long snapper. If you hear your long snapper's name, probably something bad happens. So it's good that we have not heard Orzek's name. Taylor Rapp, um, I would not like to see him back on this team. I just think that he's uh, his progression has been too slow uh, in that secondary. Ty Secchi. Probably retire, right? I mean, he's he's getting up there in age. Uh, John Wolford, Bryce Perkins, the Wolf and Hercules. So I think that both of them underperformed this year. And um, Twitter's going absolutely nuts right now. I'm guessing that there's some Hamlin stuff going on. Yeah, it looks like that's what it is. So I'll read those updates later. But um, so Bryce Perkins, the Hercules and the Wolf, and the Wolf, Awu, they they both kind of underperformed in my opinion. And I think that that's the only reason that Baker Mayfield even exists as an LA Ram is because these guys were just not getting it done. And we wanted to see something else out of uh, out of this offense. So I think it worked out. Ultimately, I'm not sure if the Rams beat the Raiders and the Broncos and or the Broncos with the Wolf or Hercules. So 
I think it was a good move. Um, I don't know if either of them are back though this year, uh, this next season. But if Baker Mayfield does leave, it would make sense that maybe one or two of them come back. And also, we know that uh, McVeigh loves the Wolf. Uh, let's see, Traven Howard probably can get him back pretty cheap, so I would anticipate him back. Nick Scott, I really, really want back. I think he's an incredible safety. Scott and Fuller combo uh, on the back end is really what I want to see. We talked about Greg Gaines. I would definitely like him back. Michael Hoyt, I think that we could get him back cheap enough, but I also don't think that we do. I don't know why. There's something in my brain, though. It's like, oh, Hoyt's going to leave. I don't know. Um, And then David Edwards, who I did want to kind of mention here as I don't know him personally. I've never like hung out with him. I don't know like what he's like when you're just like chilling on like a Saturday afternoon. I don't know what that vibe is like with the David Edwards, but also with his injuries that he had this year. There's something about his personality type and only based on what I can see from the very outsider perspective. I live in Colorado, you know, Uh, there is something about his personality type that it would not absolutely blow my mind right off if he retired. And I I have nothing, no evidence for that. I have no backing on that. It just seems like maybe he's a guy that would do that. If not, though, would love to have him back. I think he's a very talented player. I think he was playing under his ability this year, but also a lot of players were, I'm not going to sit here, just crap on David Edwards, just because, just because I can, you know what I mean? Like, because he wasn't playing well, he wasn't, but also a lot of people weren't, you know what I mean? So it's fine. And then uh, more to li- more to this list, um, obviously could be, could be talked about, uh, but this could be their, uh, their final games as Rams. We will do a who stays and who goes list. Uh, that'll come on the next episode. All right, uh, let's get back to this game here, though. Uh, so we got some players, some former Rams who are now Seahawks. We have offensive lineman Austin Blythe, who I was always a big fan of. I did not want to see him leave. He was a Rams offensive lineman from 2017 to 2020. He's now the starting center. Offensive coordinator Shane Waldron coached for the Rams from 2017 to 20 as well. So uh, right in line with Austin Blythe. And then offensive line coach Andy Dickerson. He uh, was uh, on the Rams roster. Excuse me, the Rams staff from 2012 to 2020 and the defensive assistant Damian Lewis uh, spent uh, 2001 and 2005 as a member of the St. Louis Rams defensive line playing with uh, guys like Ryan Pickett, uh, Leonard Little, uh, stuff like that right in that window there. So Damian Lewis, though, defensive assistant for the Seahawks. Uh, former Seahawks who are now on the Rams. And yes, we have kind of talked about these before uh, going into the week 13 game, but we will continue that uh, that trend here. So offensive lineman Ode Obushi, who did play for the Seahawks in 2017. Inside linebacker coach Chris Beak. Uh, he was there in uh, 2008 to 2009. Quarterback coach Zach Robinson. Uh, in 2010, he was a player for the Seattle Seahawks. Wide receiver coach Eric Yarber. He was the 1998 Offensive Quality Control Coordinator for the Seahawks. And then, of course, the big one, the big name that we all know, it's linebacker Bobby Wagner, who played for the Seahawks from 2012 to 2021. Some pretty cool connections. Zabushi played for Geno. He blocked for Geno uh, for the New York Jets a few years back. Wide receiver, wide receivers Van Jefferson and DK Metcalf played two seasons together at Ole Miss. And then uh, both teams' offensive coordinators, Liam Cohen and Shane Waldron, they coached at UMass together, so they do know each other. History of this matchup, the Seahawks uh, do lead the all-time series, 26 and and 24. Uh, The Rams uh, also getting outscored by 10 points in this series, but have done well in recent history. And uh, it kind of seems like the Seahawks are one of those teams that recently, uh, that the Rams have kind of had their number. They'll lose one here and there. But it seems like ultimately the Rams are doing a really good job against these uh, Seattle Seahawks. Um, all right. My disclaimer here on uh, my rankings. 
There was one NFL game that did not finish. So rankings are a little skewed and could be adjusted. And so something that you see might be a little bit different than what I'm seeing on uh, the website that I pull uh, my statistics from and my rankings from. So uh, just keep in mind that they're not they're not perfect right now, simply because we have an uneven amount of games that we've been that have been played. But we'll take a look at the matchup here. The Rams offense versus the Seahawks defense. So the Rams offense uh, near the bottom of the league, ranking 31st going against, though, the 29th ranked defense for the Seahawks. Passing the football 27th going against the 17th ranked defense for the Seahawks. Running the ball. The Rams are definitely creeping up as far as the averages go now, ranking 29th, but uh, climbing up to 94.7 uh, rushing yards per game. The Seahawks, though, have a really hard time against the run, giving up over 150 a game. That is absolutely a massive number. And then points being scored, the Rams putting up a little over 18. That's 26 in the NFL. And the Seahawks giving up a little over 24, which is actually ninth in the NFL. So the Rams ground attack has been pretty awesome these last three weeks. And it's a really good opportunity to continue that. So uh, in the Rams last few games here, so we have the Raiders, the the Packers, and then the Broncos. Uh, and then and then also you got the, the Chargers in there as well. But then uh, Cam Akers has been he's been upping his like his season highs like e- almost every week. So uh, so Cam, obviously, he's got a great opportunity going against a team that is uh, definitely struggled to stop the run in the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Baker, like I said, he seems very one on one off uh, in the short window with the Rams. So if that continues, we should get a big day from Baker. But that's a trend that is not necessarily real um, because we've had such a limited uh, sample size to uh, to talk about that. And then keep in mind as well, this is Baker's final game of the season to show the rest of the league that he deserves a starting job. So you would think that he's going to be really focused in. He's uh, potentially going to be really on for this game. And a bad game could mean that Baker could end up staying, which I would not hate. I just, again, I just don't think that that happens. Baker to Tyler Higby. That is a strong connection and likely will be in this final game as well. So I don't know if fantasy stuff, uh, I'm not a fantasy guy, uh, but if uh, I don't know if fantasy stuff leaks into this week or not, um, but if he, if it does, maybe Higby, I don't know. Uh, that's uh, I guess that's up to you. I don't care about your fantasy team, actually. So, <laughs> sidebar, nobody cares about your fantasy football team but you, actually. That's crazy. Um, anyway, I didn't mean to be like a jerk about your fantasy team. It's just I just don't care <laughs> about fantasy football at all. Uh, Cam Akers, like I said, he's uh, he's. He's really quickly turned into the Rams workhorse. I kind of anticipated that happening after we saw some of those those injuries, even with like Ben Skoranek and stuff going down. Uh, so obviously we're seeing that continue uh, for out of Cam Akers. So no reason to think that that stops in this final game, uh, which brings us to our three to see, which I'm going to give to Tutu Atwell, Cam Akers and the offensive line. Tutu Atwell, I am still still not fully on board the Tutu train and um, I know that some people like they'll see one or two catches and they're like, this guy is awesome. And that's that's great. I and mean, I don't I don't think the tutu is necessarily. Well, I do think he's kind of a bad player, but that's kind of beside the point because he can get better. And that's the that's the thing. We have one more game this season and he's got the whole offseason to be like to really focus in and get better. I haven't even watched his his mic'd up yet, but I do want to because I feel like that could be that could be something that could give me a little bit of maybe hope. Uh, for Tutu, but he's got like what 16 career catches right now, which is just, I mean, it's not, that's not that many. So, um, I, I'm not sold yet. I'm not fully on board the Tutu train at this moment, but we have seen flashes and I would like to see a few more in this final game. This is your final chance to really show out this season and, uh, again, ruin one of your division opponents. What in like the team that I dislike the most based on 2010 week 17, I still have not forgiven Charlie Whitehurst for that, but 
like going all the way back to that, it's like this is a chance for us to ruin their hopes, to ruin their dreams. You know what I mean? Because the Rams lose that game in 2017. That 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 spawns the beat the beast quake. You know what I mean? If the Rams win that game, we could just beat Charlie Whitehurst. That doesn't even happen. Ah, gosh, I'm still I'm still a little bitter about it. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> all right, uh, then uh, Cam Akers, uh, he has really turned around this season. Um, because uh, again, with, with, with whatever happened earlier this year, and I don't think we ever will find out exactly what happened earlier this year, but either way it's irrelevant now because he's, he's here now. He's absolutely crushing souls now and it's, it's working. So let's finish strong Ram Akers. Let's do it, man. Against the, uh, the Seattle Seahawks so we can ruin their day, ruin their hashtag ruin their day. <laughs> that's, that's my new push, right? I just decided in person right now, it re- hashtag ruin their day. <laughs> and then uh, offensive line, uh, clearly got beat to crap this season. Uh, uh like uh, that's not a secret to anybody. Uh, Havenstein is the only one that his, he's just played it right tackle this whole year and just held it down. But that's what he's done since St. Louis. He just holds it down at right tackle. The rest of the offensive line, though, completely shifted uh, from day one. It's a completely different line now, except for Havenstein. So uh, this is this is kind of a, a, a chance now because outside of Shelton, who was a starter, but he was a starter at guard. Now he's starting at center. Um, who needs to stick around? Who needs to stick around is uh, Abushi is Skura. Um, Chandler Brewer, are these guys are these guys auditioning right now in this final game? Is that what's happening? Are they auditioning to be here next year? Because I got to say, this offensive line, when it was healthy, it wasn't playing well. I know David Edwards, not he wasn't really playing well. Joe Nopum, not really playing well. So those injuries, as much as they suck, and I'm definitely never going to root for injury or be happy that anybody ever got injured. Um, the, I think that Ty Inseki, he's already playing better than Joe Nopum did at any point this season. Matt Skura, left guard, he's already playing better than David Edwards did at any point this season. So are these guys really auditioning to maybe be back next year? I don't think Inseki necessarily, simply because of his age, he's like 38, something like that. He could absolutely return. Who knows? Um, but I would anticipate that his career's coming to an end, and maybe that happens this year. I'm not actually sure, but... We're just kind of keeping an eye on that offensive line and seeing if anybody can stick out to us and really make us say, like, we have to bring this guy back next year. I don't know if one game can do that, uh, can make or break anybody, in my opinion, like, because anybody can have a big day. Like, if you want to look at, like, Tavon Austin versus the Colts, you can be like, this guy's a Hall of Famer, dude. <laughs> like, but he's not. I mean, I love Tavon. He's a good dude and stuff, but he had that one day and it was awesome. But, um, so one day is not going to make or break anything for myself, I guess. But, uh, if anything, you can look at these, look at these games and say like, all right, the Rams are already out of it. We were done and they still were out there busting butt cheeks. And that's obviously a good thing. You want to see everybody giving maximum effort all the time. All right, let's move to the other side here. We got the, uh, the, uh, Seahawks offense uh, versus the Rams defense. The Seahawks offense is 13th in the NFL while the Rams defense has slipped down to number 16 total uh, in total yards passing the football. The Seahawks are 12th in the NFL, which is apparently good enough to get a quarterback into the pro bowl going against the 22nd ranked defense uh, pass defense for the Rams running the ball. This is not where uh, the the Seahawks are sitting below average here, uh, ranking 18th. And the Rams are 10th in the NFL against the run that did slip a little bit with Austin Eckler on New Year's Day. And points being scored, the Seahawks putting up a little over 24. That is ninth in the NFL. And the Rams giving up a little under 23, which is 21st in the NFL. So the Rams averages has really fallen off. 
uh, these last like four or five weeks. Steady decline. There was one week where the Rams stayed. I think it was at 13. Maybe it was maybe it was higher than that. Uh, maybe it was 11. But the, either way, the Rams stayed at a ranking for one week, um, but they've been steadily slipping uh, for these last few. So the last time the Rams actually went into a game with a top 10 offense, uh, that was actually the Rams last game against the Seattle Seahawks in week 13. That was the last time that we entered a game as a top 10, uh, like in that top 10, because I think we fell to 10 actually. So, um, but that was the, the highest we were ranked um, was Seattle. And we've kind of been slowly slipping since that game happened. And the Seahawks offense, they've been efficient, but not really exciting. It's very like the Patriots dynasty. We're like, yeah, they're winning and stuff like that. But like, it's not really exciting to watch. Like the Patriots were really only exciting when Randy Moss was there. Then it was like fun to watch at least a little bit as like a football fan. But ultimately, it was like they would just work their way down the field and then they would play good defense. And it's like, that's not really thrilling. And that's kind of what the Seahawks are doing. Nothing really thrilling, nothing exciting, nothing over the top. But I guess it's how you get a guy like Geno Smith into the Pro Bowl, apparently. I'm still that is that blows my mind. Austin Eckler, Bobby Wagner are not in the Pro Bowl. Geno Smith is. It's a joke. All right. Then clearly that's a joke. And we need to just look at the uh, all star rosters, then all pro rosters. I mean, um, that's all we need to look at. Um, and then again, uh, the game plan is uh, very critical here because the last game was exactly wrong. We did it exactly the wrong way as a Seattle just got rid of the ball really quickly, took advantage of that soft coverage and just ate us up underneath all day long. So my three to see on the defensive side here is going to be Taylor Rapp, Jalen Ramsey and B Wags. Taylor Rapp, uh, he led the Rams in tackles last week, but I don't think that he's done nearly enough to consider an extension. I think that that's why it hasn't happened yet and why his contract does expire meaning this very well could be the final game for Taylor Rapp as a member of the Los Angeles Rams. So we'll see what he can do in this game. Um, like, like I said, though, led the team in tackles last week. You don't want that from a secondary player, though. When your safeties are leading your team in tackles, probably didn't go well <laughs> the game. I mean, uh, Jalen Ramsey versus DK is always going to be quite the matchup. It didn't go great last time, but it also felt like that was big on game plan. Uh, Jalen Ramsey just wasn't really pressing DK, anything like that. So... And then Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner, for the first time ever, Bobby Wagner plays in Seattle against the Seahawks, not as a Seahawk. And uh, he had an awesome game in the first meeting between these two. I would fully anticipate that he absolutely wants to show out in Seattle again. So that's what I'm looking forward to uh, from Bobby Wagner. And that first game had two sacks and also had an interception. The interception was unbelievable, just basically stole it away from a guy. So always love to see that, of course. Bobby Wagner back in Seattle for this one. Super pumped to see what he does in this game. Uh, because like I said, in that first game, it really was like the start of his really, really strong stretch where I talked about it all season that like, hey, Bobby Wagner's presence has been felt. It hasn't been overwhelming from Seattle's first game versus the Rams until now. His presence has been overwhelming. He's been unbelievable in this final stretch from week 13 to now. He has been absolutely unstoppable and absolute monster uh, at that linebacker spot. And honestly, I think also making me realize that like Ernest Jones is a little bit raw and maybe my maybe what I've put into Ernest Jones mentally of like him being an absolute like superstar. Maybe he's not there yet. Uh, I think he's got all the makings for it. I think he's got the infrastructure, the the structural integrity to to hold up a uh, 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 like an all pro level player but we're still building. All right. So we're still building. Hopefully Bobby Wagner continues that progression with Ernest Jones because B wags out here. Absolutely crushing souls, which is awesome. All right. That is going to do it for me. Make sure you follow Ram showcase on all your favorite social media. That would be at Ram showcase just about everywhere. You can follow myself as well at Sheriff Joe bags, just about everywhere. 
and uh, yeah, follow up and stuff. Shirts are available. Email aj.rsgear at gmail.com. You email AJ directly with All Pro Sports. He'll get you all hooked up on that. If you are hearing me only, well, great news. There's a YouTube channel. You can watch me talk about the LA Rams. If you are watching me on YouTube, great news. There's an audio-only version. You can listen to me while you drive or something uh, or however people treat podcasts, you know? <laughs> anyway, Available everywhere. Uh, anywhere you find your other favorite podcasts, you can find Rams Showcase. But that is going to do it for me. I am Sheriff Joe Bags. This has been Rams Showcase. For those of you who are not Rams fans, our thoughts and prayers are with you. For those of you who are Rams fans, thank you so much for watching and go Rams. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.